But it's Eleanor. Isn't she beautiful? Can you see her? Stand up if you want to have a good look. <laughs> Serves you right for sitting down the back. There's lots of empty seats up the front. <laughs> Hello, beautiful Eleanor. How old is she? She will be 12 weeks tomorrow. Is she a good sister, Sadie? You're enjoying her? Micah? She's okay, eh? Oh, like this. Yeah, you're a boy. Ah, I wonder what um, expectations you had before she was born, Chantel. Um, I don't know if expectations is necessarily the right word. Great. Um, but we prayed that she would be healthy, um, that God would look after her, um, and that... Eleanor means light, and we have been praying over her that she'll be a light to this world, that God will use her for his glory. Sounds pretty good. Now, I know that her great, great, is it great, three greats-grandmothers, was a concert pianist on Ben's side. Yeah, two greats, though. Two greats. Yeah. And then the one great-grandfather was an organist. Yes. And the... Great. And the grandmother's was a music, music teacher. Yes. And your husband's a musician. <laughs> yeah. What if she's not musical? Um, her dad might have something to say about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be the light, but you may not have music in you, but you can go to Bronte. She's pretty good. <laughs> okay. And on your side, there's creative business men and women. Is that right? That's correct, yes. And you too, very creative, businesswoman, done well. What if she's not a creative businesswoman? That's okay. That's okay? Yeah. She could be the next lead pastor at Door of Hope. She could. She could. She could be anything. But there's DNA there that may suggest that you'll become, but people will call her a princess, and look at her, isn't she, a little princess? You can have a cuddle later for five dollars. <laughs> uh, but you know, people will say that she can do anything, and that's not healthy. What is best is that prayer that she will become all that God wants her to become. Is that right? It's a becoming. And, you know, she may disappoint at times. She may even surprise. You want to comment on that? I was going to say, don't we all disappoint at times? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it may be at some stage that you and Ben will have to relinquish something to let her become. That's not easy. It won't be easy. Um, she may actually cause you and Ben to say, is this our daughter? Look at what she's become. Who knows? When we give ourselves to God, we're on a journey of becoming. You want to stay there or you want to go back to your seat? I'll head back to my seat. Okay. Thank you very much, Eleanor. Did you want to say something? Yay. Isn't she beautiful? Thank you very much. Last week, I was with a woman who turned 50 the year before, and she said to me, 
I'll call her Mary. Mary said, I am becoming me. I'm a lot different from what I anticipated I'd be. Did you hear that? I'm becoming me. And I'm very comfortable in the me I'm becoming. I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. And uh, on a birthday card, someone had written, along with some other beautiful words, it said, thank God for who you are and who you are becoming. Did you get that? Look how old I am. Who I am becoming. You heard it very, very well. You are in the process of becoming, whether you're as young as Eleanor or as old as, excuse me, Dorothy, I think you and uh, some of the others may be in their 90s, is that right? Yeah? Still becoming, eh? Yeah, that's the journey along the way. And we're invited to help people become what God wants them to become and not what we want them to become. I just want to refer very quickly to a story of David. You know, uh, the background of the Saul story was Saul was a prophet in Israel, and not Saul, Samuel was a prophet in Israel, and he had uh, made Saul king. Saul looked like a king. He acted like a king. He became a king that was pleasing in his own eyes. Eventually, God said to Saul, enough. You don't follow my ways. And so Samuel was invited to go to a man called Jesse, who had at least eight sons. I don't know how many daughters. And he was told he'd go there and he'd find someone and he was to anoint that person or to say, this is the next king. So Samuel comes to Bethlehem. Bethlehem's pretty important because that's where Jesus went. Remember the Bethlehem story? So Samuel goes to Bethlehem. He finds Jesse. Jesse's all, what have you come for? For good or for bad? And he said, no, no, it's all right. I've come to give a sacrifice to our God. Call your sons in. And he did. And Samuel saw the striking older son and thought, he'll make a good king. And God said, no. Don't judge by the outside. I look on the heart. And the next son, and the next son, and the next son. Went through seven of them. Samuel's a bit confused. Did I hear God right? Yes, he heard God right. So he just turned to Jesse and said, have you got another son? Oh, yeah, 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 young David. He's out there looking after the sheep. Bring him in. God had designed David to become not what his parents had expected, the shepherd looking after sheep, but God had planned that he would become a king, and God looked on the inside. And so David comes in, and all of these brothers, can you imagine the jealousy? Can you imagine the looks? Can you imagine the surprise? 
What was going on in David's heart? I haven't got a clue. But I wonder how he felt. Insignificant? Insecure? How can this be? Or, wow. He was designated to be king of Israel, the next king. No one trained him for that. No one said, okay, come along, we'll put you into king's school, if they had such a thing. No, he went back and looked after sheep. All his brothers went out and did stuff, and it wasn't until many years later, God shaped him and he became what God prepared him to be. Now, that didn't mean to say that God, uh, what's his name, David always did the right stuff. He messed up like you and me, but he became who God wanted him to become. And so I want to look at that today just about becoming. What on earth does it take to become what God wants me to become? Well, I believe one of the first things, of course, is to know your God, know who you are. Know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, his one and only, into this world so that you and I might be introduced to this God and come to know Jesus as our saviour. That Jesus came to declare to us who God is so that we could come back into relationship with our God through believing that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus did that. He came. And I want you to know that the more you look at Jesus, the more you discover what our God is like. If you want to know what God is really like, keep what I call sitting, sitting in a book like Mark. Stay there all year if you have to. Just sit there and think, this is Jesus. What would Jesus be doing today in Ukraine? What would Jesus be doing in Russia, among the believers there, among the ordinary, hurting, everyday people who too are victims of war? What would Jesus be doing? What would Jesus be doing? What is Jesus doing right now here with us? We need to keep reading his story and look at Jesus. Always one with compassion. Always one that went straight to the heart and looked at what was in the heart of a person. Always declaring the wonder, the majesty, the wholeness of God who promises to be everything we need in every situation. So for you to become and to be on the journey of becoming, you need to keep getting to know your God over and over again. The name of our God, Father God, Parent God, Provider God, protected God, who sent his one and only perfect, brilliant, wonderful son who lived among us ordinarily, 
eating and sleeping and walking and going around doing good, who died for us, rose again, and sent the Spirit of God to live inside forever. Get to know your God. You got it? That's the best way to become because God looks on the heart and not the outside. And then, of course, you've got to know yourself. You've got to know yourself pretty well. For years, I didn't have a clue that other people were not like me. For years, I didn't understand difference in personality. For years, I was branded as this and not that. For years, I had labels that weren't true placed upon me because I hadn't had the discovery of who I was. First and foremost, I had to learn that I was a child of God. I was put into the family of God as I was baptised into the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and I became part of that family. And I want to say before you all here, without the solidness of that identity and that part of becoming and belonging, I would not have survived and become who I am today. Jesus walked with me. Jesus kept me. Jesus declared over me love and light. And the people around me helped me become who I was to become. I learned about difference, personality. I learned about giftings, abilities. I learned about difference. And so as I learned about myself, so I could learn about others. The extroverts, the introverts, the people who were slow, inward processes, the people who were detailed and wanted to know answers to every question, and the people who had the big picture and just crashed into life. Difference, honouring it, knowing it. It's a hard journey, but it's the invitation of becoming and helping others become who they are. Then I have to know my community, know where I fit, know where I belong, know that there were, there's been people that I could go to, cry with, ask to pray for me, people there, know your community. Believe it or not, we may look as if we're, look as if we're coming to me that, you know, it's awkward, but there's people in this room who would love to pray for you, talk with you, listen to your story. There are, believe me, there's some beautiful people here who know their God and who would long to tell you their story and listen to your story. Someone once said to me, don't get too screwed up about what you want or become or stuff like that. Just experiment with stuff. Just do whatever you're asked. Before you're 30, just experiment, just do. If someone asks you to do it, they believe you can do it even if you don't believe you can do it. So just experiment, do stuff. And I had people in my life that say, do this. And I didn't even wonder about whether I could. I just tried. Yes, I failed. Yes, I discovered that I was not a worship leader. <laughs> I discovered lots of things that I should not do. 
I discovered that I was not a detailed administrator. I discovered lots of things, but I tried it all. And slowly I started to develop and become the person God wanted me to become. Lots of people wanted me to become this and that and all these kind of things. But God has a journey for each of his people. Refuse to be labelled. Refuse to be labelled. I had a 13-year-old tell me this week that someone has, and this is the voice that goes through her head because it was someone who was important, influential in her life, had told her that she would amount to nothing. Now, that's tragic, isn't it? So she can live with that because it's a strong, powerful voice. And she said to me, I'm not going to tell you the other awful things that were said. But she's got to fight that voice now for the rest of her life because someone labelled her and did not believe that a young person could become everything God wanted that young person to become. Be careful how you talk to young people. Be careful how you talk to anyone because God within allows us to become wonderful. If all else fails, most of us here should be mentoring others, building into the life of others, influencing them, sharing with them. And if you're young enough and haven't got a mentor, go get one. It takes time to become and it never stops. It takes good friends to help you become. It takes life and awareness of self, experimentation and reflection. We've got some things that can help you in this becoming. We have a course called Shape. A lot of you have done it. Discovering your spiritual gift. Now, the problem with that is if you discover it too early, you get stuck here and you don't discover because the Spiritual gifts are not just for the individual, they're for the community. And so God gives us gifts at a time that are more prominent than at other times because that's what the community needs and wants. Have you got that? You understand that? So if you're going to say, oh, I'm only this, this is my spiritual gift, this is all I'm going to do, the church doesn't need that. I met a missionary once in a place where there was no church, they were there to start a church. And I listened to the man, I was chatting to him, way out there in Africa, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, my spiritual gift is preaching. There's no one to preach to. I want to say that that man did not last long on the mission field because he was tied in to one thing. So discover the giftings and the prominence because all of us, all the time, are to be light. All of us, all the time, are to be love. All of us, all of the time, are to do what uh, Ben said last week, making disciples as we journey with others. So we do discover our spiritual gifts, and it helps us. We discover what God has put in our heart, and sometimes that's really hard to find because too many people hijack it and take it from us or plant their wishes or their desires in it. 
You been a victim of that? They tell us to go here, to do that, but discover what's in your heart, even if you are 90, 75, 60, 16. I am a totally different person now from when I was 16, 26, 56, and the last birthday. <laughs> We've all got abilities. We can help others along the way. We've all got personalities that are different. Every single person in this room is different from the other. The person sitting next to you, they're different. And yet there's a commonness because we're all human. We all have insecurities. We're all tempted just in the same way that Jesus was, according to the scriptures. Okay? So there's a common humanness, but how that works out in life is very different. So we are on the process of becoming. One of the women that I've had the privilege of journeying with and seeing her become is Courtney. And Courtney's just going to come up and share a little bit about becoming. Good morning. We all experience seasons in our lives. I've prepared some photographs for you to look at this morning. So you'll see on the screen some photos, mostly of nature. I find that nature speaks to me about the process of growing. I've taken them mostly from around my neighbourhood, my childhood home, and on some heart plunges in Turkey and Tibet. The imagery resonates with seasons of my life, my lifelong story of becoming. And I hope that it might speak to each of you differently, as uniquely as God has made you. Seasons for me, rather than linear stages, are cyclical and layered. I notice some of the imagery captures times of utter dryness in my life. Many years that I spent feeling stuck. Junctions, doors opening doors closed, gates firing the way to things that I thought were good and beautiful. Moments of stillness, reflection, it's hard to sit in the silence and listen. The images show times of change and transition. There are moments in between our seasons, tiny moments of transition over time, form something bigger, something new. You'll see flowers, half dead, a butterfly decomposing, mid-decay. They are amidst the process of change, shedding the old. Some images show a different perspective, beautiful moments in unexpected places, a totally dead brown leaf, yet still beautiful. We don't often see death as beautiful, but I know that in me, things have had to die in order to move forward. They're not wasted. They are part of becoming. Without one, you can't have the other. From all this comes good, healthy compost. New shoots emerge. Hope springs up. For me, this imagery is the journey of becoming, becoming who God wants me to be, that I can know and love myself 
know and love God and to love and bring gifts to others in the way that God created me to. The process of becoming is so that together, in community, we can be as Jesus in a broken and fragile world. The process of becoming is individual, dying, growing, sorting, reflecting. The process of becoming is togetherness, connect groups, serving, delighting, heart journeys. The journey of becoming is sharing my resources, my abilities, my talents, my gifts. The journey of becoming is both solitary and community. Our God is for us. Our God is so much for us that he said, when you come together, I want you to remember. I want this to be a sacred moment, a moment where we can together remember that God sent his one and only beloved into this world so that you and I, together, individually, can become all that God has desired for us. Our God sent the one like him in his radiance, in his image, his beloved, and he laid down his life. And he said when he took bread, take it, eat it. Remember that I am the one you are to feed on. You live not just on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Let us eat together in this sacred moment.
And then he took the drink that was at that feast and he said, this is my blood, he said. When we see blood, we know that something has died. So Jesus was saying, my death, so that you can live. We say we die to ourselves so that others can share and know and live and be known of God. Let us drink together. Thank you, Lord, that you became human so that we could become Christ-like. Thank you for the different gifts and talents and abilities, the different passions, the different personalities that make up your church, your kingdom. Help each of us find our place and be on the journey of becoming. Thank you for being in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Bronte.